Amen. And people, you may say, what? But they do know what they're doing, Pastor. <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, but they don't know that what they're sowing is going to eventually is what they're going to reap. They're going to reap what they sow eventually. And it's going to come back to them. And we're going to reap what we sow. So if we sow mercy and forgiveness, we're going to reap mercy and forgiveness. I need as much mercy and forgiveness as I can receive. So Ephesians 4.31, if you want to drop down Ephesians 4.31, the whole chapter, chapter 4 of Ephesians tells us basically how to walk like a Christian. <laughs> also on Ephesians 5.2, how to walk like a Christian. Amen? How to walk godly. Amen? But in Ephesians 4.31 it says here, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so he's saying here, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. What's clamor? It's just talking about what people are doing. Amen. Evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Amen. And so he's talking to Christians. He's writing to the Christian. In other words, if he's, he's writing to us, basically we can fall into these areas. Can't we? Amen. We could fall into these areas. We could end up nitpicking people, tearing people down speaking the wrong things. And what we're doing is we're giving the devil a foothold and, and it's connected to really somebody doing us wrong or people doing us wrong. I, oh, I, I won't ever give that person an opportunity to do me wrong again because I will never speak to them again. You know, or I'm going to cut, I'm going to shut down from them. Come on. Have you ever said that? Or we've all probably said that once. Uh, that's it. I'm cutting it off. I'm, you know, speak to the hand. Walk into the hand. This is what you need to walk in, brother, sister. <laughs> I knew this was going to be one of those jumping <laughs> sermons today, amen? A few jumping. Woo, yeah, I love this sermon. But... But notice in, in 32, in Ephesians 4, 32, notice this. He's talking to us Christians. It's funny that he's going to have to tell us Christians this. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. He's telling us Christians to be kind to one another, to be tenderhearted, to be forgiven to one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And then you can say, well, that person did me wrong. He is not a Christian, so I have every right. Well, the Bible says pray for everybody. Amen? Amen. Those who despitefully use you. Jesus actually said that. Pray for those who despitefully use you. And he didn't put a qualifier in there. We have to pray for the world. Amen? Amen. Jesus prayed for the world. So we can see that we can open the door for the enemy to work in our lives just by the enemy. He, it's a trap. If he can get us, you know, angry or get us upset, harboring bitterness and ill will, it will cause problems. It can even affect your health. 
it can affect your wealth. It can affect every part of your life. So I'm, you know, I'm encouraging you, you know, if there's things that you have, that people have done to you, you're going to have to pray for those who despitefully use you. Let's look at, look at Romans 12, 17 through 21. This is what we need to do when we're encountering, you know, I want to give you a solution here. I don't want to just tell you not to do it. I want to give you a solution here. It says here, Romans 12, 17 through 21 Romans 12, which the whole uh, chapter of, uh, of 12 will tell you how to walk like a Christian. Amen? Tell you how to act and how to, how, how to just uh, be a Christian. Amen? Be Godlike. But in Romans 12, 17 through 21, it says here, and it's all, the whole chapter is great, but it says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have... See, that's a good one right there. You can underline that. Repay no one evil for evil. That's a good one. I could just stop right there. And then just close out the meeting. Amen? Repay no one, because we want, we want to get back to that. We want, man, yeah, we want to get back at them. I remember uh, one time I was in Bible school, and this... Uh, this was a second-year student. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just starting Bible school, and this, and this, this second-year student, he was a gentleman that he befriended, he became a friend to me, and then his whole goal was to get some money out of me. He wanted to be my friend so I can give him some money. Have you ever had anybody just, you know, they had ulterior motives why they wanted you, why they wanted to be a friend to you? Amen. They were working you to get something from you. Well, this guy was working me, and um, he was saying that he needed money for second-year tuition and that he didn't know if he was going to have enough money. And, and I was already broken in debt anyway, and he conned me out of some money. I believe he did because, you know, have you ever did something nice and then realized it was dumb? <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever done that? You, you kind of like... I think I, even though it was nice, something on the inside said, that wasn't right. Have you ever done anything nice and something on the inside said, that wasn't right? Something wasn't right. It, it, and, and, and this person, he, he manipulated me. He, he twisted, he manipulated me out of some money. And I figured it out after I did it. Have you ever figured it out? You're like, gotcha, you know. Like a shaving commercial, gotcha, you know. Uh, and uh, you've, I figured out this guy manipulated me to, to get some money out of me. And, um, and I went to him. I said, listen, I, I, I believe you manipulated me out of this money. You, you used me. And he just looked at me and said, well, I, I'm sorry if you feel that way, brother. But, you know, I'm a Christian. Just forgive me. <laughs> you know, since we're both Christians... Uh, he pulled the forgive me Christian card. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah, but what about retribution? You know, what about, what about you giving me my money back? He, he didn't give me a dime back. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? He didn't try to make up for it. He didn't say, well, I'll pay you back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He just said, well, you got, you got to forgive me because it's in the Bible. <laughs> Have you ever been there? <laughs> <laughs> the Lord was setting me up. I mean, I'm sorry, the devil was setting me up. <laughs> the Lord wasn't, but the devil was. 
And the devil was setting me up to get, to be, I was so angry. He was a second year student going to Bible school, learning to be a minister. I'm a first year student. I'm wet behind the ears, you know. I don't know anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? This guy took advantage of me. I was like, I remember I was telling one of the, my um, teachers, I was talking to one of my teachers, I was so upset that somebody that was a second year student would do something like that. You know, I think anybody that's under pressure can do almost anything. Any, and and there's just people that in their Christian walk, they're going to walk a little crooked, you know. It's funny, years later, years later that uh, I was, uh, I went to a, a Bible conference uh, from the place I graduated from. They have Bible conferences once a year. And uh, I remember that year that, um, and there's thousands of people go to this Bible conference, two, three thousand people, three or four thousand. And, you know, the, the odds are of you running into somebody, um, you know, probably far and few between. I kept running into this guy. I, every time I was in the hallway, there he was. And I would, I'd go to the other side. And, you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's like the Lord wanted me to make amends. And I finally said, hey, brother, how you doing? And I finally had to, after three or four years, I had to forgive that brother. But anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> You can hold on to things for a long time. And finally, you know, I talked to him, and I found out that he's been through all this kind of stuff. You know, he had a heart attack, you know, and, and all this. Because, you know, you can't live, if you live your life crooked, you're going to go through a lot of stuff. <laughs> you're just going to go, I mean, the enemy's going to make sure you're going to go through a lot of stuff. Stuff that you don't have to go through. But, you know, there's going to be a humbling lesson. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And you don't have to go through these humbling lessons, but if you don't, if you don't heed to God's word, then the devil's going to get on your case. And if the devil gets on your case, you're going to be in trouble. Amen. Of course, you thank God you can always cry, cry out to Jesus. And Jesus is always there. So we see here in Romans 12, 17, working our way down to 21, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, I should have said to that, I should have said to him when I met him, you know, after the third year, I should, I should have said, do you have my money that you owe me? No, I, but anyway. <laughs> listen, when you, listen, if, when it's dealing with money, let me give you, a, let me give you some advice here. Amen. If you give anybody money, borrow money, you might as well kiss it goodbye. Don't expect them to pay you back. Because when it's the only money, if you give it to them, just set it as a gift. Now, if they pay back, great. Because the enemy has worked over so many people in this area. You just might as well just kiss it goodbye. Is this helping anybody today? Amen. Just say, just sow it as a gift. And just allow God to bless you back on that. Amen. And, and you'll stay in much more peace. Amen. It's not worth it. It's not worth losing your peace over. So it says here, uh, 
back to Romans 12, 17 through 21, working our way down. It says, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to the wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. What? You mean you want me to do something nice for that scoundrel? <laughs> for that loan? <laughs> for that dog? <laughs> you want me? Are you saying for us to take him out to dinner? <laughs> Treat him nice? That's what it's saying here in the scriptures here. Amen. I know you don't want to hear that this morning. I remember, I mean, my mom does that. If somebody doesn't, she'll make, she'll bake something, you know, put some arsenic in it, though. And, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, she, she'll, <laughs> she'll make something and, give, and, and bake them something, give it to them. Amen. Um, and, and she'll try to do a good job at it. Amen. But if he's thirsty, give him some to drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And, and now you're thinking, oh, good, coals of fire. That means that, that they would be ashamed for doing what they did. And, um, and notice in the, this last part, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So we don't want to be overcome with evil. This is how the enemy works. He, 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 he wants us to feel justified in the way we feel about somebody or an individual. We're not justified. To, to act any way we want to act, to, to hold or harbor bitterness or ill will towards anybody because Jesus paid the price and forgave us and is still forgiving us of all our sins. Amen. So if Jesus is not holding it against us, then we have no right to hold it against them. Amen. Amen. And constantly, if you want the mercy of God in your life, you definitely want to walk in love and mercy. You want to sow that. Amen. And so it's easier, again, it's easier said than, uh, it's easier said than done. I remember one time years ago when I was working uh, in, in, in business, I was working, uh, I sold jewelry. And um, you may remember this story, but it's worth repeating. Uh, this lady that worked in the business, she, she did not like me because it seemed like I was, I walk in there and God was always blessing me. And I, I was, a I'm a tither and, and I, I would walk into a thousand dollar sale or a $2,000 and we make commissions off these things. And uh, I was always out selling her and she was assistant manager and I was, you know, a salesman and uh, she didn't like me. And maybe she was jealous of me. I don't know why she didn't like me, because if you knew me, you'd like me. And um, she just didn't like me. And, and so I remember that um, one day I was working with a, some clients trying to sell this expensive watch. It's called a Rolex. And it was like a $3,000 watch. And um, you get nice commission on selling a $3,000 watch. Amen? And... Uh, I was unable, what, what they call in the sales game, close the deal. That means to sell, to get them to buy. It's called close the deal. 
Um, if you don't understand about sales and anything like that, you won't understand what I'm talking about. But it's about closing the deal. And so they left, but I got their card and their phone number. And I remember that the assistant manager said, you must have forgot that we were offering a special discount today. And she was kind of gloating over it, sort of like you could have gave them a discount to try to close the deal. And I said, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. So I went ahead and it must have been 30 minutes that rolled by. I, I got on the phone and I called their number. They were, I guess they were at home. Or it may have been, they may, may have been a cell number. I said, hey, um, Mr. and Mrs., let's say Smith, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, or Mr. Smith, I forgot to mention to you that, that we're having a special discount. We don't normally discount Rolexes. And if, if you'd buy it today, I'll give you that discount. And, and um, he said, well, I can't come over. I said, you, I can actually sell you this over the phone. Just give me all the information. And, I, you know, and I sold that Rolex over the phone. But what I did was I gave her part of my sale. You can, you can split sales. You can, so I gave her part of it for reminding me. And I just felt led to give her part of the Rolex sale, which I didn't really have to do. And so I just gave her part of it. I just gave it to her. I said, and she saw me typing it in and saw me put her name, her number. It's, you know, you get an identification number, her number in with a cell. And she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm giving you part of cell. You don't have to do that. I said, I want to do that. You don't have to do that. I said, I want to do that. I want to do that. And it was just unsell. I just wanted to just give her a part of the cell. She, you know, and she didn't like me. She was always, you know, watching me, making sure if I made a mistake to tell the manager. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody been there? Yes. <laughs> you know, in other words, you know, she was like the monkey on my back, you know. So, but just by, now I didn't do it in ulterior motives. I didn't do it to get her off my back. I just felt led to do it. And you know what happened? Her whole attitude changed towards me. It was like giving her food. It was like feeding your enemy. I, I did something nice, even though I didn't have to do it. And you know, that week, in that week, somebody else came in and bought a Rolex, and she gave me part of that cell that I had nothing to do with. Now, it basically probably evened out, but she ended up being for me instead of against me. Amen. Just by doing something nice. It's amazing how just being nice to somebody that's not nice to you can eventually change them. It may not change everybody, but it can change some people. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So it's important that we walk in love towards the unlovely, that we show love and mercy towards people that don't deserve love and mercy. Why do we do this? Because we, when, when Jesus, when God Almighty gave us Jesus, and when the Bible says when we were dead in our trespasses, Jesus died for us. Why we were going the wrong way, why we were doing the wrong things, Jesus died for us. Amen. 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 So we should be, if I may, we should be dying for one another. In other words, laying down our lives for our brethren. Amen. Amen. So uh, that's the first key. Do not give place to ever. The second place where it says that, that we don't actually pray that God will do something for uh, about the devil in our lives, that we do something, is in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11. 
And it says here, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in Christ. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11. So let's just break this down a little bit. It says here, be sober, be vigilant. That means we need to be awake. We need to realize that the adversary means uh, opponent. He's the one arrayed against us. And so he's our adversary. He, he's our, the, our opponent. And it says he walks around like a roaring lion. It doesn't say he is a roaring lion. The devil isn't a roaring lion. He walks as a roaring lion. Amen. Plus, I heard this, that even if he was, his teeth has been pulled 2,000 years ago. And he has been declawed. Amen. Declawed and his teeth pulled. So, so he walks around seeking whom he may devour. So he's looking for a way in. He's looking for a way to, to get at us. Amen. And so how does he do that? Well, he tries to get us to think wrong or to think about the wrong things that are happening to us. Think about that God's doing it to us. Or he's trying to get us to focus on the wrong things. You've you got to be very careful about your thought life. Yes. Amen. The enemy is constantly working in our thought. He can give us a wrong thought. He can give us a suggestion. Yes. If it's a temptation thought, a, a thought to do something wrong, it's not coming from God. Amen. God is not tempting us to do wrong, the Bible says in the book of James. Amen. So God's not tempting us. He doesn't test us or tempt us because God's not even tempted by evil. God is already, he already knows what we're made of. So what we need to do is in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 3 through 5, it says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down a strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So this is telling me that, he, that the devil works in our thought life. Amen. See, if the devil makes you think that he's not around, and, he can make you, and if he makes you think God's totally in control and God's causing everything to happen, then you're, you're just going to discount him from being a part of your life. And, you're, and every thought that comes in your head, you're going to think it's you. You're going to think you're thinking these thoughts. But every thought that comes in your head doesn't originate from you. Right. Well, how, do you how do you know that? Because every, when Jesus was in the wilderness, it said that, that, that the enemy spoke to him. And the enemy can speak to you, yes, through an audible voice. But I believe that he spoke to, to Jesus in his thought life. He can speak to you. He can give you a suggestion. He can give you a, 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 a thought. And that's why it says here, casting down those imaginations. You know, casting them down. We have to cast those things down. Our weapons are, are not natural weapons. They're supernatural weapons. Amen. Our weapons is the Word of God. Amen. 
And the Word of God is, is as it says in Hebrews 4, it's, it's more sharper, it's more powerful than any two-edged sword. Dividing soul and spirit, marrow and bone, judging the very intents of the heart. The Word of God can obliterate the words that the enemy is trying to speak to you. You don't let, don't allow the enemy to tell you you're a loser. Don't, you know, listen, you're not a loser. You're more than a conqueror in Christ. Don't let the enemy make you think, uh, you know, that um, you never win. You know, the enemy will try to make you think you never win. But my Bible says that God causes us in 2 Corinthians 2, 14, that God causes us always to triumph in Christ. Always. Yeah, no matter what, no matter even it looks like a setback, God can take whatever the enemy's trying to do and turn it around for our good. Amen. So if he always causes us to triumph, no matter what affliction we may be in, if we allow that affliction to get us closer to God and we learn how to exercise our faith against that affliction, we're going to come out stronger on the other side. That's where we develop our spiritual faith muscles. When the enemy comes against us, in whatever area he's coming against us, if it's in our health, or if it's in our finances, or if it's in our relationships, we start speaking the Word of God, and we start standing on the Word of God. I'm telling you, the Word will always triumph over every negative situation the enemy's trying to throw at us. Do you believe that today? Amen? I believe that today. Amen. And so we have to, we can't allow those wrong, that wrong thinking to stay in us. Just one wrong seed thought, thought about for, for just enough, and you start thinking about it, and then what you're going to eventually do is start speaking it. I'm telling you, then oppression will start to come on you. Depression will start to come on you. Man, you can't afford thinking wrong thoughts. Amen. You've got to get the Word of God out and start wielding the sword of the Word. And start speaking the Word of God. I'm more than a conqueror of Christ Jesus. Bless God. I'm going up. I'm not going down in Jesus' name. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word of our testimony. We have to get serious about this conflict that we're in. It is a battle. And sometimes it's a battle every day. But we better wield the sword of the Spirit against the enemy. I'm declaring to you today, you're more than conquerors in Christ. No matter what, it, how it feels or what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how you feel. Start speaking the word over that situation, over those circumstances. And those circumstances will change because circumstances are subject to change. The word of God is not subject to change. The word of God is supernatural and will change the natural in your life. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. We never like to end our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal savior. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus, if you died right now, you don't know if you'd make it to heaven, just pray this prayer with me. Just say this after me. Say, Dear Lord, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, I'm trusting you for my life today. I'm, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe that you got born again. 
And so we would love to hear from you. Connect with us on our website at www.exceedlifechurch.org. And uh, also, if you have a prayer request, you can also go on the, our website and um, put that prayer request in. We believe that God will, will hear your prayers and answer your prayers. Again, thank you for tuning in today, and God bless you. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.